Welcome back to But Why Though? And today we have a special podcast where Matt and I are going to be covering Summer Game Fest and the two showcases that we got to attend while we were there. The Xbox Game Showcase, I guess technically Starfield Direct, and the Ubisoft Forward. Um, Matt, say hi. Hello. And if you all don't know, Matt and I were on the ground in L.A., uh, I guess two weeks ago at this point, we've taken the last two weeks to write up a lot of content, and we wanted to give our podcast listeners some of our insight to the games we got to go hands-on with, the games we got to see, and some of our favorites from the E3, not E3 week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Matt, why don't you kick us off? Uh, let's start at the center of it all. Mr. Keeley's Summer Game Fest. Uh, was there any game that you were excited to coming into the play days? Okay, so coming into the play days, obviously there's so much stuff surrounding, so we have to try to figure out what is actually part of what. <laughs> um, but I would say probably this, I'm going to go with the three games that um, I was thinking of probably coming into at least intrigued to see what they were. I'll start with Disney Illusion Islands because it was a co-op little platformer, which I know you and I do a ton of, and we're very good at them. We hold, we have multiple things, and we've broken multiple demos over the years doing these together. Convention record holders <laughs> for different co-op games. Shout out to Biped. Yes. And then we broke the Bread and Fred also packs uh, record, and we broke the demo from getting farther than anybody else. Um, oh, and the, our first outing, which was disabling a bomb together in VR. Yeah, but we finished second, not the bench, not first. That's that's fair. Only that's because fair. you couldn't tell me left from right. <laughs> Anyways, um, but no, so that one's uh, probably up there. Fay Farm, another co-oper, and uh, co-oper, another little co-op game with the uh, sim farming sim. Obviously, we love farming sims and making things, and then doing them together is even better. Um, and then my last one probably be as a, you know, a management builder, sim, whatever player, uh, Galacticare, you know, building hospitals for aliens. You can't go wrong, essentially. So that was what I was, probably the three from explicitly summer, uh, game fest that I was looking at going into. So I'm going to be that person who really only wanted to go to summer game fest for one game once we got the email. And that was Alan Wake 2. I just I just really wanted Alan Wake 2. Um, I mean, there were, like... I, I didn't know Thirsty Suitors was going to be there, but that would have been up there had I known. Um, but I think for me, like, I did want to get hands-on with Mortal Kombat because I do like fighting games. I was hoping Tekken was going to be there, but there wasn't, like, any game to play, unfortunately. Um, so for me, it was, it was just Alan Wake. Um, Matt... I'm actually realizing this. Between us, you actually give indies more love than I do. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, the Bandai uh, Park game, which is building another <laughs> amusement park oh, game. Oh, yeah, Park we, Beyond. I, I didn't get hands-on with this, so I couldn't count that one. But that was intriguing seeing when we got there. Like, oh, this is here. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want to count it because didn't get to play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, Alan Wake 2. That was what I was most looking forward to. And I do just want to, like, be real up front like that was the only one i was like oh cool all these appointments i'm excited but i'm really excited for alan wake but i think the cool thing when we get into it and talking about the games that we went hands-on with was i was actually blown away by quite a few games i didn't expect to be um and we'll start talking about that here matt for you um what was a game that kind of took you by surprise 
Um, I, one, I think Disney Illusion Island, because that actually hadn't been a lot better. It was fantastically, uh, just one, it was a very enjoyable game, but also just, I'm not a usually handcrafted, artsy, whatever person, but I did enjoy the classical, uh, to you know the handcrafted 2D art. yeah 2d art and the old school like mickey mouse goofy and it was just very like goofy um so but no the probably the biggest one that i played that threw me off was a uh, crash rumble crap crash team rumble crash team rumble yeah, yes it's crash MOBA, right yes from um with activision. Uh, activision that was actually a lot of fun um, that one's actually very surprising. It was one of those I kind of just ended up getting like people like we need people to play, come play. And I was like, sure, why not? And then I was like, oh wow, this is actually. I mean, obviously I enjoy mobos, but that was probably the biggest surprising of like, wow, this is a lot, lot more better than I anticipated to be. Um, I mean, because I mean to be fair, like Foam Stars kind of gave me what I thought we were gonna get. I enjoy it. We knew we would co-oping, but that one was one of them that like wasn't on my radar at all. That was like wow, this is, and I understand, because when we were playing, it was very loud, everybody was cheering, it gets very intense, um, it was great. Um, and I do want to go a little bit more into Disney Illusion Island, so that, like, if folks, I mean, we have a full piece up that Matt wrote up on butwhytho.net, you should go check that, we have an entire section just for Summer Game Fest coverage, uh, read the whole thing, it's really good, but I do want to say that I think uh, Disney Illusion Islands is also one of those that kind of took me by surprise. I didn't think that it was going to be... I'm not a huge Disney fan. Like, if I'm a Disney fan, like, I like Disney princess movies. I've never been a big Mickey fan. And the crux of this game is Mickey, Minnie, Donald, my boy. My boy Donald. Uh, I tried to get everybody to play Donald at the same time. It didn't work. Uh, Donald and Goofy all came to an island to go on a picnic, and then they end up going into like mystery and hijinks and like that kind of stuff um and it's a platformer but what i really love about it and i, I want to call this out because i do know we have a lot of parents that listen to us is that if you play couch co-op for person you can adjust the difficulty to yourself so that you don't have to um play something super easy if you want to play with your kid or play something super hard if you want to play with somebody who really likes puzzlers um like you can choose how many lives you get you can be invincible or you can get anywhere between one and three hearts. And I think that that ability to play with difficulty as individuals is one of my favorite advancements in, in co-op. Because it lets people play together without that barrier of, oh crap, I'm not as good as this other. Um, and I think like you said, that that hand-drawn illustrative style, like there really wasn't anything else like that on the floor. Um, which is really nice. I think for me... My biggest surprise for hands-on was a game called Cocoon. It is from Annapurna. It's published by Annapurna. It is developed by Geometric Interactive, which is co-founded by the man who created Limbo. So that should tell you like what kind of puzzle game it is. Um, the score is fantastic. The world itself... Um, there's no UI, there's no instructions, there's no tutorial, like it just, it, it, it threw you in as the hands-on demo, and they encouraged you to explore the world, learn how to use it, and just keep moving at your own pace and in whatever order you wanted to. So as a puzzle player, that one for me was surprising because I did not know what it was. Like I showed up to the Annapurna booth, I was like, I want to play Thirsty Suitors. Like, well, you're going to play Cocoon first. And I was like, 
but I don't want to play Cocoon. I want to play Thirsty Suitors. And then I got there bright and early on day two, and they were like, well, here's Cocoon. And I'm like, but I said Thirsty Suitors. No, Cocoon. And then I played it, and it is probably one of the most immersive games that I played the entire time I was there. Um, And they actually had to, like, walk up and stop me from playing because my appointment was running over and I had to get on to Thirsty Suitors. Um, So I think that for me is, like, one of of my favorites and one to watch for sure. And one that kind of took me out of left field. Um, And then I actually think, and I was thinking about, like, what my other ones would be. I'm not going to lie. We got to play Naruto x Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm's Connection. <laughs> it's a very long name. What a mouthful. Yes. The most recent in the Naruto pieces. And if you don't know this about me, I fell off of Naruto a very, 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 very long time ago. Um, like when I was a Naruto, I was still watching weebs run around my high school like Naruto. Um and, it just got to be too much to stop playing, but when I got to play that fighting game, they really integrated it to bring back people who had fallen out of Naruto by integrating different anime features where you could watch different scenes if you beat somebody using different combination of characters. So I think that that was probably my other surprise was how much nostalgia hit with the mechanics that really made me actually want to play Naruto x Boruto, the new one, I'm not going to say the whole name, um, from Bondi. So, yeah. <laughs> and Matt, what was your, I guess, what was your best of show? Like, what was the thing that you would say, I played X amount of games, I saw X amount of games at Summer Game Fest, Play Days, but this one is is my top. Uh, mm, that's a hard thing, because I, I feel like it's probably one of the ones I already talked about, surprisingly. Because, I mean, I did, obviously, I did Mortal Kombat, you know, I did Alan Wake with you, and then we did, you know, I did a lot of the AAA stuff, and I um, mean, even, I don't because as much as that, I guess for me, the AAAs that were there, like, they're just not the style of games that I particularly yeah. care about, and so, like, not that they're bad games, it's just one of those, like, I don't care about Mortal Kombat. I think I like the lore, I don't, I hate fighting games. Alan Wake, give cool. It, give me a movie, I'll watch it. We got a second one coming, I'll watch the other one, it's great. Animate stuff, great. Don't care to play the thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess for best in show, uh, probably toss up. It sucks because I, I, I guess I, just to give a shout out to Foam Stars because I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> but I don't know if it's my best. You also if, kicked if, everybody's butt in Foam Stars. Yeah, I was also really good Are, at it. I got, yeah. I got MVP <laughs> three out of our five games. Um, Which but no, I guess it's not it, Splatoon. Like I do want to say that it is. It is not Splatoon. Yeah, and I guess it's one of those, I think, from what we saw, I, I mean, I kind of already discussed all my other games um, I had. I think they're very fine, but I guess for best in show for me, probably anywhere a toss-up between Foam Stars, the Disney, or even Galactic Air, just depending on what we're going with, just because I think those uh, were kind of games that I do play and kind of the co-op and success thing. I think Foam Stars, I just want to give a shout-out because I think it was a lot better than anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited for it. Um, I enjoy Splatoon. It definitely... I get it, but also it's not Platoon, and you can do a lot more different versatility with the foam. the foam is 3D. Yes, it's 3D. It's not 2D. And I think just some of the mechanical stuff that they added at enticing, but also think, like, we only saw one game mode. We played five games. There's still a lot to know about that game going through. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, in a shock to no one, 
It's Alan Wake 2. I'm really excited for Alan Wake 2. I think, and I didn't get to play it, but we got to watch a demo for about 20, 30 minutes, listen to the developers talk. Um, I'm a fan of a non-horror studio taking on a horror game, which is what Remedy is doing. They recently did Control, which is kind of horror adjacent, but they've been able to create an atmospheric horror and tension to Alan Wake 2 while also really um, not shying away from using jump scares when they want. And Saga, one of my biggest worries was that Saga Anderson was going to constantly be in Alan Wake shadow because she's a co-lead. But the way that they've integrated her into the story makes complete sense. And I think that it's going to make fan reception that much easier to have both of them as your characters as you're going through this connected narrative. So yeah, Alan Wake too. I I do want to say the way they did that, I think it's going to be interesting and I'm actually intrigued by it because I'm a very, I viscerally hate co-lead story Mm -hmm. games. Um, because it all ends ends up being one of them gets the raw end of the stick, and yeah. people are like I love this other one. I'm like, yeah, because the other one sucked, not because yeah. the other one's that much and better. And here, like listening to them talk, like there's gonna be one ending that you're gonna hit. Whatever you have to play both of them, and both of them have a story that is jointly progressed. Anyway, moving on from that, let's talk a little bit about the Xbox Game Showcase. So for here, we only got to play two titles. Uh, We got to play Dungeons of Hinterburg and 33 Immortals. So this will be mostly about our impressions from what we saw um, at the Xbox Game Showcase. Because I think there were only like three or four games there total um, uh, for hands-on stuff. So Matt, what did you want to see from the the Starfield Direct slash Xbox Games uh, well, I mean, what we saw was more than... I mean, there was a few things that I was excited for, but obviously I was there for Starfield. I want to see about Starfield. I'm excited for Starfield. So you were I've happy been... that they did 30 minutes dedicated. Oh, to... I was absolutely... Like, I've been excited for Starfield since they announced it. As much as I need my, ES, uh, my Elder Scrolls Six, like... You're never Watching Bethesda... I know, I'm going to be dead. Um, but no, like, Bethesda taking on a new IP of another, you know, an RPG and an open... You know, this whole massive explorational world... Uh, everything like it's everything I wanted like I like I get the mechanical stuff of what they talk about you know from Bethesda that they've always done you know the exploration part we get combat and you know I'm sure we'll have the other fun part with the way you know just general way they do things but like I miss those type of RPGs in a sense um nothing against JRPGs but I like them, but also I like the other one too. Western, I guess, Western type RPGs, and I feel like in this market we've had outside of Ubisoft just making every generic um, <laughs> open world thing. Everything is a Far Cry. Yeah, yeah, everything's um, a Far Cry. We haven't got anything like that. I mean, seventy six. You can talk whatever, but like, it just eh, whatever. I don't and know. I, I would say too, like I wouldn't even call them like Western RPGs. I think Bethesda very much. Well, Detail. yes, but I mean, like, outside RPGs. Like, no, like, I've been excited for. Tone. No, like I said, I'm excited for a Bethesda RPG, but at the end of the day, of like, I can't think really of games that have come out that also even have that type yeah. of thing. Because Bethesda hasn't made anything but Skyrim. Yeah, they haven't done anything. They did 76. Yeah, they did 76, and that was a thing, which one day I might go back and do that. Um, but no, I mean, there was a few other things. I mean, I was there for Starfield. Obviously, I want to see Fable to make sure it's still alive. 
That's what I wanted. That was mine. Like, I did not okay. care about anything else that I saw. I just wanted Fable. Because I ha- like I love Fable with all of my heart. I still have that Fable, that Fable controller. controller. I can't even talk. I'm so excited. Um, so it was very good to know that it was not dead. Obviously, what we saw, it looked great. But obviously, it's... In theatrical footage. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, I'm excited. Cool. I mean, I'm glad it's alive. <laughs> I still have no idea about anything about it other than it's alive. Yeah. I am. It, it's weird. I feel like the showcase for me, I kind of came in with it with zero expectations. Like, zero. Like, I wanted some Starfield. And you and, and it, we, it was like the Starfield direct. So I knew we were getting it. But I think I just wanted some Fable. Um, so far as surprises, though, Matt, I know that, like, they had a lot of announcements for games that, like, we did not know were going to, like, even be a thing. And I think for me, my biggest surprise and probably my most hyped game is from Compulsion. It is uh, South of Midnight because I am happy that finally people are treating the South as the fertile ground for storytelling that it is. Um, and it looks very, very good. Like Southern Folklore and Swamps, give me, please. That is the game that I kind of wanted the, the most out of the new announcements that we got. Because it, I, I know nothing about it other than that cinematic trailer <laughs> and the Steam page. But I want it. So that was my surprise. Because I didn't know I was going to get it. But when I got it, I was like, oh my god. I got two things. One, knowing that Avowed is also still alive. Oh, Avowed is still alive. Still alive. Uh, So that was good, because I didn't know what happened to that. Um, Like, the Fable just kind of, like, announced, and then four years happened, and we don't know. Good to know what's happened. It's kind of intriguing. Kind of, we'll have to see more, once again, see more. Um, But the biggest thing that made the most excitement outside of Starfield and that... um, Getting to, which game was already announced, but we knew, but actually getting to see the trailer and what they're doing with Cities City Skyline 2. I was so excited. Uh, the game looks fantastic. The depth of the dynamics they're putting into city building. Um, I love the first game. Obviously, I enjoy those games, if anybody know. But seeing the, what types of challenges and in-depth and structural and city building and dynamics and districting and how you deal with climate and weather and growth just looks fantastic just from the small bouts of like actual stuff and gameplay trailers we've seen i'm so excited for you to create so many bad highways no it's gonna be squares but yes (laughs) everything has to be squares i build in squares or rectangles i don't believe in curved edges (laughs) I think what's hard is like I wanna I want to shout out Star Wars Outlaws. We have a whole Ubisoft forward, which even though it was announced at the Xbox Game Showcase, um, I think I should should reserve for Ubisoft. But I think one of the things that I was kind of, I guess my best my best in show, I guess would be South of Midnight because it's the one that has me most excited. But when I kind of look outside of that, I think the game that intrigued me the most was i think it's called clockwork revolution it it looks like bioshock (laughs) um it's from in exile it's a first person rpg that uses like steampunk um and you're like in a metropolis and you're gonna do a revolution obviously from the title and i'm all about doing revolutions these days so um, i think that one is probably going to be 
to pick something different that isn't south of midnight that was the one that had me the most excited see that has me excited because that's a game that i would love to Ah, watch yeah yeah that makes sense because those games like uh, not that i don't like playing them they just don't i don't really care as much anymore to play as much of those but those are like a game of light i could watch people play as long as they're not terrible at it and then you just become distracting but like watching and what the premise and the concepts are interesting um i did want to talk about the two games we before we get moved to ubisoft about the two games we did actually Mm -hmm. get to see um, I think 33 Immortals yeah, is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, that is from Thunder Lotus Studios, um, the makers of Spiritfarer. Yeah, no, I think that one's actually quite a bit of fun. I think playing with people and the way they want to do co-op there is great. Which, for those who don't know, um, it is a 33-person max multiplayer <laughs> roguelike dungeon crawler. <laughs> and uh, it it was fun. It was a lot of fun. The of art fun. is gorgeous. It's inspired oh. by the Divine Comedy from Dante. Like, let's go. And then the was it the uh, Dungeons, Dungeons of Hinterberg? Is that correct? Is it? I just wanted Schnitzel. <laughs> Listen to them people talk about the Schnitzel. It was so great. All and, I wanted. And so was that schnitzel. one's really cool too because it is a social sim dungeon crawler action like rpg type thing so essentially there's a lot of platforming a lot of action rpg elements but you're only allowed to do one dungeon a day it does not matter where it is or what it is but you can only do one and then the rest of the time is spent going to the town talking to people socializing and doing all of that um so it was really interesting the art is really cute it's uh like graphic novel inspired there's bende dots uh comic book lettering when you attack for your damage counters it's it's really good. And Schnitzel. Um, one of the questions that was asked was, what did you do to pitch this? And they were like, uh, people really like our schnitzel on Twitter. Please have our schnitzel. And it, it was the most adorable <laughs> conversation. Um, I do want to be give a shout out. I don't play Yakuza. I really want to play Yakuza, but there are like 14 of them. And I can't, like that is so many to jump into um but the trailer for like a dragon infinite wealth has i think it was because there was a butt but um <laughs> I, I i would really like to play yakuza there are not that's another game that is very enjoyable to watch yeah. people play um Done moving on from xbox though and going straight into ubisoft forward this is probably the the biggest space that we got most of the time with the games and got to go really in depth on what was shown um, Matt, going into this, what did you want to see? I want to see more Anno. Um, I know I was not <laughs> going to get to see more Anno. And I was going to cry about it, but I, that's what I wanted, that's what I dreamed about, and that's what I did not get. <laughs> but no, um, realistically though, because um, I knew that was a false sense of hope, um, realistically I want to see Avatar, and I want to see actually what they were doing with yeah. Assassin's Creed. I wanted to know about their Star Wars game, and I wanted Avatar. Um, And I think when we go into the surprises of the show, that was what we got. And Avatar is going to be (laughs) co-op, and Avatar comes out on December 7th, and my birthday is December 5th. And my company that I work for gives me a floating holiday for my birthday, and you know I'm going to be taking that to play Avatar. Um... I'm really excited. The world looks beautiful. The way the story is built looks beautiful. I know some people were like, oh, it's Far Cry, but blue people. I was like, you say that like it's a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing. I get to go, like, you know, murder colonizers. 
Also, Far Cry, also, Far Cry is not oh, as no, beautiful it's as not. what we saw. Like, I want, like, a shout out to every environmental artist who worked on Pandora because it's gorgeous. James Cameron came in and said, you will not make my world yeah, look ugly. Yeah, it, this, I think this is, this is the biggest <laughs> testament for the game is, like, James Cameron did, like, a little featurette, like, when they showed it at the showcase. And I was like, you know what? Cameron does not tie his name to bad things. Like this is this is going to be Cameron Ca Cameron quality. Um, we didn't get to see anything special or go hands on with it, but I think for me, like the fact that it's going to be co op and it's a world that both me and Matt can get lost in audiences, it's for us. I'm excited. I was surprised. I assumed it was going to be another single player game. Um, so I think the co op of it all is really what got me. Um, and then obviously Star Wars. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I I want to say it's because she's Latina, but I'm gonna say it's not. It's because the little axolotl baby that she has with her really uh, cutest companion of all of E3, not E3 week. And I just get to be a blaster. And Han Solo has always been my favorite. And I know. That everybody wants to play a Jedi, but I would like to do corrupt things and be Han Solo, and now I get to play as KVS and do that. So I'm very excited. Um, Matt, what about you? What were your surprises? So biggest surprises from stuff that we did. Um, Prince of Persia. That was great. Um, that was a lot of fun. I obviously I don't have I played some of the earlier ones. It's fine. Um, this one, the newer one though, they, I feel like they've done a lot of stuff and it's actually very well done for being just your side scroller platform. Triple A side thing. scroller platformer action adventure game, Matt. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Uh... That and everything I heard about Mirage makes me want to come back to Assassin's Creed finally after like a decade. I do not care about your Viking open world RPG or your fake Grease assassin game that's no hidden blade. I get to have be an assassin again. We get to do some parkour. We get to stab people in the throat with a blade. It is and great. Bossum looks like a cool assassin to play, too. They actually get to dress cool again. Like, I'm excited to come, finally come back. What was the I phrase love they these, kept the using? First, like, back to the roots. Hmm? Back to the roots. And like I said, basically the big thing for them was they wanted to go back to the first game. And then obviously they talked about the first game in particular, but obviously even the second game of kind of that whole between Altair and uh, Ezio of just how they did stuff in the city. Baghdad looks great. And obviously it's a good city that they can use to actually, you know, fulfill all what they're trying to do. I'm just excited. Um, I'm sure Valhalla was fun. I'm sure Odyssey was grand not really, but still, I'm sure people enjoyed it. You don't deserve to. But no, um, but no, like, finally getting an actual Assassin's Creed game, again, I'm excited. I, I, it was my favorite franchise for the longest time when we, when you and I oh, met. yeah. When you we, and I, I don't met, know what we your, did. like, uh, your Xbox avatar was dressed as Altair. My, my Xbox avatar is still dressed <laughs> as Altair. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's more of me being lazy at this point. Um, Xbox avatars aren't even a thing, but I'm too lazy to change that. Um, we have other episodes where Jason, who are editor, we've done the mythology. 
of uh, Assassin's Creed episode that was like a long, long time ago. So if you dig back way there long few, time ago. I will say this. If you're listening to this, there are a few things like franchises that I go to. And I have asked Matt about games in the Assassin's Creed canon that he has not played. And he tells me everything about them because he knows the lore still. Um, and I think that it's... For, I'm excited for it because it looks cool. Um, and I like how much care they put into into developing Baghdad at that time. Um, but what I really loved was watching your eyes light up while in that hands-off preview. And just like seeing you get like lean more forward in your seat because you were starting to get excited with what they were showing. And I think when you get to see the excitement of a fan coming back to something, I think that that re-entry point is really special. And I can't wait for people to have that. No, I'm excited. I hope people, because I mean, obviously I know plenty of my friends and people we've worked with we know that just do not play anymore, that have missed the old stuff. And I do like, it's kind of, go as I said, going back to the roots. We're not digging up nostalgia. We're actually going back to where the franchise began and how the game was played. Because it, it just, I'm sorry, just it wasn't Assassin's Creed. It wasn't what it used to be. In a lot of ways, it just bloated, whatever. Think Valhalla, like that was, and, that was what they said. Um, bloated. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's exciting. Um, would you say, like, are either of those your best in show as well? Or. I mean, considering we we had offhand previews and we still have a lot to learn about them, I want to go. I'm still going to go with Prince of Persia just that's because I actually got to play it um, both on PC and then the way it runs on 60 Switch. 60 FPS great. on and, Switch. Um, <laughs> just because we got it. I mean,. Because like I said, we got to play, we had a bunch of offhands, but we did get to play some onhands with a few games. Um, but I think Prince of Persia, for what actually getting to play and feel the game and everything, I was like, oh wow, this actually, I think this is going to be a pretty successful yeah, game. Yeah, that, it's the same for me. That's why I didn't, I didn't bring it up in my surprises. I guess I probably could have brought it up for the Summer Game Fest version, because that was when the trailer first launched, um, was during Keeley Showcase. Um, but yeah, I, it's really cool. And I would say that Prince of Persia was also my favorite experience of the entire time we were in LA because it's the first time that I got to watch something be announced and then get to play it a couple of days later. Like, and that was really cool. But like, I'm a platformer, like I like platform and puzzle, puzzle games are my favorite. And to get to play Prince of Persia in this way, I'm just excited. It's vibrant. It's beautiful. The music is fantastic. It has the art style that I love from Immortals Phoenix Rising. And um, also just like the people involved with this game are really cool. Like Like the score and the composer is from Iran. Like there's just a lot of elements to it where like Ubisoft for me is doing the best in taking these old IPs. And I don't want to say reskinning them, but like keeping the heart of what made them them and adjusting it for how players are today. And I think that that is a testament to their care that they're putting into the IP. And I loved, I sucked at that boss battle at the end of the demo, which you can read about on butwhyelo.net because we have full coverage there. But I loved it. So that was my best in show. Um, so out of everything, Matt, out of all the stuff we saw, all the stuff we played, what would you, what's your favorite of everything you touched or saw? 
Oh gosh, that's a lot. Um. Uh, I'll probably have to go with Starfield. Um, I'm actually excited to see what they did. I think they've done so much. I think they've been in so much development. I think so much detail just from like how much they actually gave us to talk yeah. about it. I think is great. Like we know so much, we saw so much, the versatility they did, what we're getting, the exploration, the in depth and everything else. I'm I'm really excited for Starfield. But also City Skylines is great. Alan Wake. Alan Wake. Alan Wake 2. I just really want Alan Wake 2. Remedy, please give me Alan Wake 2 as soon as you can. Let me talk to you. I just I'm so happy for Alan Wake 2. Um, it would be Alan Wake 2, and then I would say Prince of Persia is actually right there underneath it, uh, for my second. But, yeah. No, good. We had, we got to see a bunch of games. It was a great time. You know, we had, I mean, it's one of those good times of, like, you can be excited for games. Yeah. And seeing games. Obviously, you have the weirdness of, like, don't know when some of these are ever gonna exist, but... From the ones that we do know that exist and they're coming through, like it was just a good time to like actually be around. Yeah, it games. was. I think that that was. We've we've never me and you have never gotten to do an E three, and I think that that makes me like kind of really sad. But I think that this experience, like it was a lot of reminding me why I love video games and getting to have some of that excitement for things. Um, which I think is really cool. And for me, what I really enjoyed about it was that, like, it was just me and you kind of experiencing it in the moment. Um, I mean, we were working in the press rooms, like, putting up news and stuff. But, like, it was very different than how I usually watch these visual showcases, which is just, like, glued to Twitter. And so it really was just my experience and your experience and the people around us. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is why we love games. This is why we play them. This is why we cover them. So, yeah. Matt, why don't you tell everybody where they can read your coverage? I'm sure they know by now, but we'll plug it again and where they can find you. Um, Obviously, you can read all of our coverage on butwhytho.net. Um, check all those out. Um, I should have another game review coming out by the time this episode releases as well. And you can find me not in that nasty village known <laughs> as L.A. Um, I am home. LA is a nasty village. Yes. <laughs> and you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us at Butwido PC. Um, head over to Butwido.net. That front page has all of our Summer Game Fest coverage. Um, and tell people that you like it. Tell people that you clicked it. Like, let them know that you listened to this. Uh, it really helps get the word out about us and the journalism that we're doing. So, thank you for listening. Uh, let's go play some games. 